Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. Hello everybody and welcome to a Radio Show Limited special programme as we look forward to the 2021 NTT IndyCar Series. I'm John Hindorf and you, I'm sure, will be pleased to know that we've got a couple of experts on this championship. Two of my IMSA radio colleagues, so the real voices of US racing on these channels, Shea Adam and Jeremy Shaw. Shea, Hello. 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 Good to have your uh, company. Uh, looking forward to this season of open wheel racing for NTT IndyCar Series. Very, very much. 20 drivers who are full season going for the championship with the possibility of an additional, oh, I'm going to say five cars that could really mix things up. Uh, the driver is not necessarily doing the full season, but the cars are, yeah. and some of the stars come in those cars. Jeremy Shaw, welcome to the show. Um, an interesting mix of road, street and oval circuits. And if you're a fan of ovals, you might look at it and say, oh, there seem to be one or two fewer oval races this year. Yeah, good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever anybody <laughs> happens to be. Super to be with you, John uh, and Shay. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a little bit different. Perhaps there's certainly some new venues this season, which is kind of cool. Uh, maybe lost a couple as well. But yeah, the balance is, is about right, I think. Uh, it, there are uh, one or two fewer ovals than there have been in the past, but also one or two more than there have been in, in, at some stage well, over true. the years. So, you know, it kind of fluctuates, and, and I think it's still a very good mix and, and a good balance as well. No, I agree. I think it's a very, very good balance. Uh, let's kick off then. Uh, we'll rattle through team by team. Uh, with uh, the drivers within those teams. And thanks to the uh, hard work of Tim Gray, our executive producer, we are going to hear from the drivers in this preview of the NTT IndyCar series. We'll start uh, with the champion, Scott Dixon, at Chip Ganassi Racing. Scott, of course, the affable Kiwi, now in his 40s with six titles under his belt. What's left to come from him? Uh, I d- you know, I don't think you can ever really put a, you know, a time scale on it or an age or anything like that. I think everybody's, you know, pretty unique and pretty different. Um, you know, if anything, I think we've seen the longevity and not just our sport, but, but across sports in general. You know, there's, there's so many different ways to, you know, whether it's the, the mental game or, you know, training or, or anything like that. The thing I love about the IndyCar series is that it's, you know, it's not really a constant. It's, it's, well, it is a constant. It's constantly changing, you know, whether it's, you know, the track venues to, you know, the, the style of the car or, or, you know, updates like, you know, the aero screen and uh, for safety and things like that, that do change the the challenge of, of what we have at hand for a driver or for the engineering group as well. So, you know, um, I don't know. I think it, it probably comes down to when, when, you know, you're not enjoying it. And uh, I, I love the sport more than anything at the moment. You know, I, I feel very lucky. I feel very privileged to be able to, to do what I do. And especially with the group of people that I get to work with. And they're probably the most inspiring part of it, you know, is, is uh, when you walk through the doors at, you know, Chip Ganassi Racing, um, you know, the, the competition level or the competitiveness that you feel in that, in that environment is, you know, it's pretty intense. So I think that's definitely one that drives me. And, and then you look at the, the, the competitiveness of the field, you know, is, is insane. And, and, you know, the, the will of, 
wanting to try and win and then keep that winning, you know, situation, uh, it's, it's, a, it, it uh, tugs, it tugs at you pretty hard. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess the short answer is I have no idea. <laughs> Not that short an answer to answer that question. Um, he comes into this season, Shea. Obviously, he'll be your pick for the for the title because because it's Scott <laughs> Dixon. I mean, it's, it is an extraordinary record that he's got uh, and an extraordinary loyalty, two-way loyalty between him and Chip Ganassi Racing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give away my title pick yet because it might actually not be Scott Dixon this year. Back-to-back titles Shock are horror. very hard to come by, but... 49 wins, 118 podiums, and 29 pole positions in 289 starts for Scott Dixon. That means that one out of every three races better than he's on the podium in an extremely competitive series. So he's got wins at every track. He is literally strong at every venue that we go to this season, 17 total races. How many of them will Scott Dixon win? It's not a question of if he'll win, but will anybody else get a fair shot at it? (laughs) <laughs> Fair point. Uh, Jeremy, a force of nature, Scott Dixon. I, I'd suggest that last year's title was as good as any of the previous five. He didn't have it all his own way, particularly not in qualifying. And yet he continued to rack up the points and, and take the points where they were. And that is the mark of, a, of an ongoing champion. I think he hit the nail on the head himself. He said, yeah, every driver is unique. He's certainly unique. I mean, he's, his consistency uh, and speed all the way through this, uh, you know, the couple of decades now almost he's been involved in IndyCars is quite remarkable. So, yeah, you, you never do count the guy out. Chip Ganassi racing, Jeremy, with, with Honda Power. And is there, have we seen in the testing, much disparity between Honda and and Chevrolet Power? Or is it, you know, too early to tell right now? Yeah, I think it's too early to tell. I mean, no one's really shown their full hand yet. Plus, uh, you know, there hasn't been an awful lot of uh, of public testing, if you like. So most of it's uh, gone on behind closed doors. But, you know, they've cut down on testing a lot over the last several years. So uh, there's a lot less information perhaps to draw on than, than in the past. But I think, as usual, you know, there doesn't seem to be much between uh, the Chevy and the Honda power plants. Uh, there's, you know, sometimes on the on – the, uh, on some courses, you know, one is better than the other, but overall, it seems to be a pretty tight group between those two. Not much to choose between those two. Uh, let's uh, stay with CGR, uh, Chip Canassi Racing, and, and move from the veteran Scott Dixon to uh, new rookie talent. Well, sort of, and it's only sort of. Jimmy Johnson moves into the open wheel ranks for 2021. The question everybody has been asking him as a multiple champion uh, in stock cars is what is are the biggest differences between IndyCar and NASCAR? I would say the intensity, and, and the intensity is not only what the car demands, but also the, the layers with the engineers that, that come with that. Um, you know, we, we want more uh, data on the NASCAR vehicles, but we're just not allowed to with the way the rules work. And I didn't realize how that, uh, that simplified things in some ways. Uh, so from a homework standpoint, uh, a weekly to daily check-in standpoint, pre and post race, uh, or pre and post test, I haven't done a race yet. Um, I've been really surprised how much time is required. It's a lot more work than, uh, than what I experienced on a weekly basis in the NASCAR side of things. And then the intensity of driving the car, um, it's, it's a monster. And it's the best way I can put it. Um, it's so much power, so much downforce, so much grip. Uh, 
it, it's it's wild to drive. You know, every time I'm in the car, there there's so many steps forward in all these different areas that it's hard to say one one thing. But I, I can tell you this: so I, I am so thankful for Dario and for Scott Dixon. <laughs> Those two have, uh, especially Dario, in just how thorough he is, the notes that he took from when he was driving, you know, his role that he has now and how um, involved and focused he is on, on still collecting notes and passing that information along has been so helpful. Um, so I, I'm really thankful to have those two in my corner and really helping me kind of get things going. One, one big challenge I'm dealing with is trying to get the tires up to their, um, their the peak pressure and peak temperature when there's still enough grip in the tire. Um, I'm, I'm more delicate with the car than I need to be. So my fast lap is two to three laps after the desired fast lap when the, the tire has the most ability in it. And it's nothing that I ever worried about in a cup car. Your first lap in a cup car was always your fastest. Um, and then it just progressively got slower. And it's quite different in a, in a lightweight formula car. So um, I had a lot of great lessons learned there about bringing tires in. I'm still not where I need to be, but I'm... I'm I'm so thankful for those laps. I was also able to experience some tracks that I hadn't been on before. Um, went back to Barber and, um, and had a couple of days at Barber. I've been to Sebring in it. Um, so. Oh, Jimmy Johnson there in his road car. I heard the indicator clicking um, in the background. Normally just have stickers over uh, as headlights and indicators on uh, NASCARs and no indicators, no trafficators on his uh, IndyCar, Jeremy. Interesting that w- what he said about A, listening to his teammates, which I think is very sensible. And it, I think that shows the, the measure of the man. Very honest answers. There are very good drivers who never get the hang of switching on tyres, particularly to go qualifying. And interesting, he highlighted that as the is the issue that he's having early in this IndyCar open wheel career. It's a steep pill he's got to climb here, no question about it. I mean, you know, yes, he's being honest. Um, if I'm being honest, um, I'm wondering why he's doing this. Hmm? Um, I, I, I can see, you know, I, I love the fact he's challenging himself, absolutely love that. But by the same token, you know, he's, he's uh, not in the first flush of youth and there's a lot of ta- very, very talented drivers out there who, who, who I believe perhaps should be uh, in that car. But look, yeah, that's being, um, yeah, that's, that's looking at... It brings sponsorship back. though, Jeremy. Would that car yeah, be does. there if it wasn't for, for yeah. JJ's name on the side in the 48? No, that, that's right. And that's what the sport is mm. uh, as, and has always been. Um, so that's fair enough. And, uh, you know, but look, he, he really, it's going to be a really, really tough challenge for him. And, you know, he, because he has all the experience of over these years, he knows how important it is to have teammates um, and, you know, when he when he was moving into the NASCAR ranks, he was able to draw on the experience of Jeff Gordon mm. uh, there. So, you know, he's doing the same thing now. So no surprise there. And, uh, you know, he's um, he, he's he's going to have it to work cut out. But, uh, you know, hats off to him for giving it the effort. He uh, he had his followers. He had his detractors in in NASCAR share. Um, does he does he bring his followers across with him? And in, in, in that in that point of view, um, is it good for NTT IndyCar series to have JJ on the grid? Well, the series certainly hopes so. They, they hope that the uh, bump that you get for having a driver like Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, and yeah, a lot of naysayers uh, towards Jimmy as well. He was Jeff Gordon's basically hand-chosen next guy to come up through mm. the grid. Jeff owned the car that Jimmy raced 
for Hendrix for a very long time. And there were a lot of fans out there who didn't like that. There were a lot of people who didn't like the fact that he won seven championships and alongside Chad Knauss won a lot of races. But for Jimmy Johnson, a new challenge. And it is interesting that particularly in his rookie season, he's elected to run the road courses only when his career has been success on ovals. Mm. Uh, and uh, he is a rookie. He is eligible for the Rookie of the Year. We can debate that long and hard as well. So if he's not driving in the ovals, who is? Well, Tony Kanaan, after retiring last uh, season, he's back for two more years with Chip Ganassi. Well, boy, uh, you know, it, it couldn't have been... I couldn't have been more excited, to be honest. It's It's been... Uh, a difficult year for everybody on the personal side. And then all of a sudden, I was getting ready to call the TK last lap now that everybody's making fun of me because there was not a last lap anymore. Completely unexpected. So I feel like a kid that got a new toy. You know, I was getting ready to to look for other things in my life um, because I thought this last year was going to be the last lap. And then the pandemic came and... I kind of flirting and playing around saying that it was not going to be fair for me to go away without racing in front of my fans. And then I get a call from Jimmy Johnson, Chip Ganassi, and all of a sudden I'm back for two more years and, you know, still doing the oval races like I did last year. So that was actually my choice as well. But it ended, ended up being, um, you know, a really good coincidence that Jimmy didn't want to do the ovals. So... Happy, excited. I can't wait. Uh, I picked up, I was talking about, you know, out there. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, I am doing uh, four SRX races for Tony Stewart as well and 10 stock car races in Brazil. So it's an 18 race season that somebody that was slowing down. My wife is asking me where, uh, where did that went? Um, and I haven't done 18 races in a long time. I mean, our seasons are being 15, 16 races. So, uh, I'm going to be busier than I've ever been. Tony Canaan then for another couple of seasons for Chip Ganassi on the Ovals. I, I, I kind of like this story, Shea, if I'm honest, because I think we all said last year, didn't we? Uh, and even when we were doing the review, for, for Tony Canaan to draw the curtains on his IndyCar, NTT IndyCar uh, uh, career, with a year like last year, just didn't seem right, did it? With, you know, no fans there to, to have the, the sort of victory lap. Well, he's, he's got a couple of opportunities now. Yeah, no, exactly. Particularly for someone like Tony Kanaan, who was such a fan favorite year in and year out. I mean, I, I've mentioned it before. I was at the 500 in 2013 when he won. And the roar of the crowd as he was coming to take the checkered flag was louder than the engines. That's something that I will never forget. <laughs> and it wasn't just because the race was coming to a close and somebody was winning. It was because he had won the race. So the fact that he now gets this opportunity, 2021, let's face it. It's not going to feel like the good old days quite yet. We're not going to have that same feel of emotion that we did before. But by 2022, when it might actually be his wind down time, it's going to be a big party for Tony. One thing we know about Tony Canaan, Jeremy, is he's a doughty competitor. He'll be giving his all. And we've seen it relatively recently in the sports car world. He's lost none of his enthusiasm and, and very little, I would say, of his performance. 
Yeah, very true. Yeah, brilliant guy. Uh, known him since he first came to uh, to the US in, in Indie Lights. Just, just a tremendous character, and you say super popular. Um, again, ditto above with Jimmy Johnson, but uh, by the same token, you know, particularly on the ovals, it is all about experience. And uh, yeah, even when you've got somebody like Scott Dixon on uh, on your on your books, it's good to have uh, to have more experience to draw from as well. And that's certainly the case with Tony Canaan. Yeah. Plenty of experience, plenty of data. Uh, Marcus Eriksson is the uh, fourth of the Chip Ganassi Racing drivers we're going to talk about on this preview of the NTT IndyCar Series. And for Marcus, there's certainly quite a lot to build on from what was a very consistent 2020. Yeah, I, I do believe so. I think last year, like you said, we had a, a very solid year. I had, uh, I think, nine top tens and... Uh, uh, a few other runs in the top 10 when I had uh, a crash in Indy and so on. So I think we were always in the mix, uh, but we missed that highlight result, you know, that podium or, or win that uh, I think we, we we should have had. But uh, that's the goal for this year instead, you know, to, to keep the consistency. But uh, uh, pick that first, uh, first IndyCar Series win is a big uh, target of mine uh, going into this year. I think for me, you know, coming from five years in Formula One, the first year was a very steep learning curve. It was a lot to, to get used to here in the IndyCar series and the cars and, and everything. And uh, uh, so it was definitely a learning year. And then um, last year, you know, changing teams, it took a bit of time to get used to that. Uh, but uh, yeah, coming to a team like Chip Ganassi Racing was, uh, was awesome and to have a teammate like Scott Dixon to learn from, and, and sort of, uh, that obviously helped a lot as well. So, um, yeah, and, and myself as well, you know, developing and understanding the series. So I was, like I said, really happy with my consistency last year. Now I just need to get uh, the peaks a bit uh, higher. And, and there's plenty to build on there, Jeremy. You talk about experience, and when, particularly when people come in from other series who haven't come up through the IndyCar ladder, there's an awful lot to learn. I thought Marcus Ericsson went about his business pretty well last year, and he, he, he did it with a mindset that I think sets him up quite nicely for 2021. I think so, but he certainly needs to improve on his qualifying. You know, only, only once was he, uh, I think, in the top five on the grid last season, um, uh, and that was on an oval, um, which is a little bit surprising. I think, uh, from my perspective, he's been disappointing so far. I expected more from from Marcus Ericsson, um, so I think this is a big year for him. You know, if uh, okay, sponsorship is keeping this ride, obviously. Um, and uh, but if if not for that, he's going to have to step up and deliver. I think in 2021, uh, the qualifying process, Jeremy, for for IndyCar, it is um, quite elongated, uh, I suppose, and you can get on the wrong side of that. But that's no excuse for Ericsson. He he just didn't start close enough to the front uh, enough times. Then no, I don't think so. No, certainly. No, I mean it's not that. Well, there's kind of three um, elements levels it. of qualifying. Yeah. You know, similar to Formula, similar to Formula One, but but very different, of course. Um, um, but you know, he's uh, he's a great guy. He's a super enthusiastic. He loves driving the Indy cars, and I think it's I think it's going to be a big step forward. I'd be surprised if if Marcus wasn't a, a, a regular top ten at least runner. And he needs that share. Just one podium in thirty starts uh, for the affable Ericsson. 
Yeah, and, and when you consider the teams that he's run with, I mean, uh, Aero, Schmidt-Peterson, uh, now Chip Ganassi Racing for the second year, one podium finish, one trophy brought home between those two teams, that is not good enough when your teammates are winning races. And in, in the case of both of his teammates last year, winning races and winning championships. Mm. Uh, let's ha- have a look at the opportunities for the final Chip Ganassi uh, racing driver. And for Alex Pulau, uh, it's all changed. A new team, a new car and a new number for 2021. It's been amazing. It's been amazing, as you said, new new colors, new number, new new team, uh, new address. Also, I just moved to to Indianapolis, which I'm loving. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been amazing. Lots of work uh, since December already, since we started, maybe a bit before. Um, and and super excited to to be here with. Um, I don't like to have expectations. I like to have targets. I think it's better to have the target to be winning um, and not to have the expectation of be to be winning because that we are like 25 drivers. Everybody wants to be winning and everybody would expect to be winning. But um, yeah, the target is to, to win some races, to fight for the championship. We know we have the resources. We know that we have... Um, we know we have all the engineers, all the mechanics, the crew chief. We know we have the car. We know we have the sponsors. And we know we have everything to win. So um, now it's all up to us. But I think this year there's like 12 drivers that are in the same position with really good cars, um, some experience, and with hunger to win. So it's not going to be easy, but uh, we'll try to make it. So Alex Palau, share. Um Young, another one of the young crop uh, of drivers uh, from Europe. Uh, what do you reckon to his chances for this year? Very impressive drives last year. Did get a podium finish in one of 14 starts throughout the 2020 season. Um, his name was called quite often, driving for Dale Coyne Racing, now with Chip Ganassi Racing again. The expectations are different when you're driving for Chip. Chip likes winners. And as Alex says, you know, everybody wants to win a race. Everybody wants to win multiple races. And the driving number of drivers versus amount of opportunities to win races doesn't exactly balance out. Alex has big pressure on him this year. He comes in with high expectations and wearing that number 10, that's a number that, again, Chip has won championships with. So... Alex has a lot of pressure, but he definitely comes into this ride bringing his sponsor with him. So there is a slight expectation of, well, is he here because of who he is and his talent, or is he here because of any bit of budget? Uh, it's the NTT IndyCar Series preview for 2021 on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Jeremy Sean, Shea Adam uh, with me. Uh, let's move on to Andretti and to Alexander Rossi. Didn't have the best of seasons in 2020. So was there just one thing that could be pinpointed as the cause? Um, you know, no, I just think we sucked globally. Like there wasn't anything we were doing right. Um whether it was qualifying performance, whether it was race performance, pit stops, my driving, none of it was good. So um, we, I think Indianapolis was quite an eye-opener for, for everyone in terms of you know how, how fast all the Andretti Autosport cars and to come away with really nothing was, was not good. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good Monday. So 
um, you know, we just, we all, we all were honest with each other and we all kind of discussed things that, that were good and things that were not good. And, you know, we took 2020 as an opportunity to, to learn from, from our mistakes. And, and as he said there, Jeremy, there, there was plenty of it. First season without a, a win for for Alex. Uh, another divisive character. Um, he rubs some people up the wrong way. People might say that every series needs heroes uh, and, and villains. There's, I'm not sure there's much doubt about his pace, though. He, he's certainly quick in a race car. Yeah, completely agree with what you say there. And, uh, you know, he's... Yeah, it, it was a very disappointing start, start particularly to, to last season. The first half was, was dire. Just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Plus, as he said, they just didn't have the pace for some reason. But by the end of the year, uh, he, was, he was back on, on the sort of form that we've uh, come to expect over the last few years from Alexander Rossi. You know, he was uh, on the podium in uh, four of the last five races and, and you know, always up at the front of the grid. So, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a better year for him this year. He needs to, you know, the, he, he's... He sometimes comes across to be rather negative. That doesn't work well in a team environment. You know, you've got to be, you've got to keep positive. And I think that was one of the criticisms that he was kind of alluding to there. You know, he was taking some of the blame, prepared to take some of the blame himself. Uh, they've got to work together. Uh, they they know that uh, you know, the Andretti has all the resources to to be running at the front. They know the Honda engines are competitive. So you know, this really they've just got to knuckle down, put last year's season behind them, and focus forward. Yeah, focus forward. That's very, very good indeed. Uh, Colton Herter next for um, Andretti. Simple question for him before the season starts. Can he improve on 2020? You know, I like to see progress every year uh, in myself. So, uh, in, in more so in the championship side of things, I'd like to make a, a true championship run down to the wire and um, have the ability to, to truly win it. Um, that's my goal. That's the team's goal. Um, Obviously, alongside with that winning of Indy 500 uh, and putting a lot of you know resources and time towards that at the same time, uh, but you know, kind of cutting out cutting out the mistakes, changing kind of those top fives, um, those fourth and fifth places that we had last year. We had a bunch of them uh, into podiums and, and some of those podiums that we had into wins. Um, you know, we need to win a little bit more, and, and we need a little bit more podiums and a tiny bit more consistency. Uh, to really make a true championship run. The difference share between getting a championship run and not is, as Colton mentioned there, actually quite small. It wasn't a bad season for him in terms yeah. of the results that he posted, but it still wasn't enough to have a proper championship run. Well, he was still third in the championship last year. I mean, I thought- when you consider... All he was able to accomplish, and yeah, saying we need a good championship run. Well, kid, you were in the top three. You took home a boatload of money from finishing in the top three. But it is that question of how can he string together more consistency? Three wins and four podium finishes in total means that he's only one been on the podium without taking home the biggest trophy of them all so that will be a different uh, expectation for Colton Herta but I I will say this John I'm picking Colton to win the opening race of the season Mm -hmm. I think he's going to lay down his claim to the championship fairly early on Jeremy was well behind the top two and 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 I think that's the point that he was making in in the answer to to that question there a hundred points or so that's a big margin has he got yeah, enough? A huge margin. Has he got yeah. enough this year to make that up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, you know, 
same same as uh, same comments as with Alexander Rossi. You know, they just need to uh, you know, focus on on what they've got, uh, improve uh, that the whole team together. You know, he's going to be working with his with his dad this year as mm. his as his strategist. That could be could be good, could not be good. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, now, what about Ryan Hunter Rear? We we won't hear from from Ryan. Um, uh, Ryan almost had a season last year that he wouldn't have been pleased about. I had a couple of good results that turned it around in the last third from from memory. Uh, Ryan hunter here, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, it was again. It was an up and down year. He started off probably the best of the of all the Andretti cars, perhaps uh, in the early part of the season. Uh, certainly, yeah, you know, he was he was pretty much on the pace with with Colton. Uh, Rossi was struggling for whatever reason, um, but yeah, you know, he just. As Jimmy Johnson said early on, it's fantastically competitive now in IndyCar. You've got to be absolutely 100% on your game if you're going to get the results that either you do deserve or you think you deserve. So, you know, there's no easy path now for Ryan. He knows he's still, he still has the ability. There's no question about that. He's not over the hill just yet, but, you know, the clock is ticking. So, yeah, absolutely is. Uh, let's move on to the other Andretti teams now because there are... Um... They are legion. Uh, Andretti St- Steinbrenner uh, with James Hinchcliffe, who had a partial season in IndyCar last year, now back to full-time. Well, you know, I think uh, kind of basing off the races that we had last year with our partial season, um, you know, we, we were really starting to gel at the end of it. You know, it's obviously always tough kind of coming in as a part-timer and, and especially with a, a switch to a new team. But throughout the course of the year, you know, we got to – understand each other and, and learn how each other works and kind of get that group, you know, kind of back uh, molding together and gelling together. And so, yeah, I think expectations are high for the year. You know, we've got a, a pretty stacked lineup with, uh, with Ryan, Alex Colton and myself and uh, had good momentum within the team at the end of the year last year, you look at mid Ohio and what could have been potentially another podium sweep at St. Pete before Alex Colton, and I all ran out of talent. Um, but the pace was there. And so, yeah, I think we're, uh, we're very excited to get the season started and, uh, and hopefully just kind of hit the ground running. Fan favourite, Shea, no doubt. And a, a driver that many people will be pleased to see back into full-time in IndyCar. The partial season last year, will that have helped him enough to get back in, in the groove for this year? And can he, can he be a factor? Uh, it'll probably take a couple of races before James is feeling fully back at home. But the, the good news is he is coming back to a team that he's familiar with, the organization, uh, basically where he got his real foothold into the series. Six wins for James. And he's always strong at places like St. Pete and Long Beach. So if he's feeling comfortable enough, he could be a threat in the second race of the season. He's always going to be a threat when we come to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the 500. And then at the last race of the season, well, Long Beach, he could sneak in and break a few hearts there too. So James could have a good return to full-time racing. Uh, and, uh, Jeremy, what about the what, the team with the longest name, um, I think only doing the 500s, uh, is Andretti Herter, Haupert Autosport with Marco Andretti and Kerb Agajanian. Uh The car will have to be 72 feet long just to get that on. Marco Andretti only doing the, the Indy 500s. Now, he says he wants to go and do some other racing, and he's mentioned sports cars and, and IMSA as well. I always think that we've not ever seen the best of Mark or Andretti, but he has been good at Indianapolis. So is this a smart thing to do for him? Um, yeah, time will tell. Um, you know, he's, he's, so, he's so enigmatic, Marco. I mean, 
you know, he's, he's got the passion. He loves racing. Um, you know, he had a great qualified run a couple of years ago, wasn't he, in Indianapolis, and a diabolical race. So mm. you never know really which, which marker is going to show up. I think you know, he just needs to kind of clear his head um, and then uh, you know, re- really figure out exactly what he wants to do with his racing career. Um, so, you know, it's great to see that, that he's still involved. I, I like Marco. I mm. think he's, he certainly has the talent. Um, it's a question of whether that, the focus is there fully. And I uh, hope certainly will be. And I hope he has a good run this, this uh, month of May. If Sedan's and all that, Jeremy, but over 15 consecutive seasons and 236 starts, the stats say 20 podiums and two wins. And that's not what he would have thought about when he started 15 years ago. Uh, absolutely right. You know, I mean, he started off pretty, pretty strongly and uh, just hasn't uh, built on that. And, uh, you know, for the reasons really, I think I just said, it's, it's, it's down to focus uh, and it certainly isn't down to d- desire uh, per se, but it's a combination of desire and focus and just really, you know, knuckling down to, to what is a very difficult task at hand. Let's move on to AJ Foyt. And the first driver we'll hear from from that squad is from Dalton Kellett. Season number two. So what did he learn in his rookie year? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from the from the rookie year is just gaining experience with the car, with with the Firestones, with both the Blacks and, and the Reds and then the Oval Compounds. You know, knowing sort of what you want out of the car and then, you know, looking to this year, having Seb on board and the experience, you know, being with him at, at test days, it's, it's been really eye-opening to see how confident he is in terms of, like, this is what I want out of the car. This is, you know, I... I want to drive this way and that it kind of needs to be doing this um seeing kind of his experience allow him to do that has been very helpful so that's um you know been a good learning opportunity great learning opportunity share and what do you expect of this young driver well, honestly, Jeremy nailed it last year when we were talking about our preview for the season in Dalton Kellett, and he said it's a big step up when you've run an Indy Lights from 2013 to 2019 to then come into IndyCar. He did eight races last year, best finish twice of 20th. Um, big learning curve, very difficult, and the depth of talent has only grown for this season. I think it's going to be another year of Dalton Kellett struggling to try and find his feet and uh, I'm, I'm a bit worried about him to be honest uh teammates in the uh, the fight a keep is sebastian Bordier, another evergreen driver jeremy and what do we expect from the man from le mans for 2021 uh yeah i think um yeah, it's going to be really interesting because AJ Ford Enterprises has really struggled mm. uh, over the last, oh, I don't know, long, long time. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, there's, uh, Sebastian is still, he's still got the desire to, to be running at the front. Uh, the, the team wants to be back at the front as well. Uh, and certainly, so I think it's, you know, it's a good opportunity for everybody to kind of reset once again. They've done this several times. Um, but, you know, Sebastian... I think he's going to, you've got to look upon him as a dark horse this season. I mean, he's had so much success in the past, but uh, he really wants to be running at the front. The, the team wants to be running at the front, uh, and I hope that uh, becomes a reality. Charlie Kimball, also in the fight squad this year, and some strong pre-season testing for Charlie. Yeah, it's been, it showed pretty well. I think the work we put in last year in races, because we didn't have the opportunity for a lot of testing, the, the race development or the development we did during races 
seems to have been uh, paying off in the offseason so far. I think as a team, that momentum is is quietly building and growing pretty consistently. The um, the engineers, the mechanics are all working really well together. Sebastian and Dalton seem to be working really well together, which bodes well as we get towards the month of May program. Um, for me, it means a lot to continue the partnership with Novo Nordisk. This is our 13th year together now, two years in Indy Lights, a decade in IndyCar. Um, the relationship to be able to continue to support and advocate for the diabetes community through the motorsports program. Uh, as I joke, it's a cause close to my heart and my pancreas uh, and really appreciate their, their years of support and being able to support the diabetes community in that way. I had to pull my mic down quickly there because I did have a bit of giggle at what is a very serious subject of diabetes, but what Charlie uh, said there. Just the month of May, then share for Charlie Kimball. Yeah, and Charlie's another one of those that um, a bit like Marco, but with a bit more um, a, a bit more running at the front. I would even say for for Charlie, he his career one win, six podium finishes, one pole positions, one hundred and forty three starts. Though he ran full time from twenty eleven all the way to twenty nineteen last year, a very limited calendar. I expect Charlie to go well, particularly when we get to the Indy 500, his best finish of third. He's capable of running at the front there, and he could very well be a dark horse, and he will help A.J. Foyt between he and the next driver we're going to talk about. They're very strong at that oval. Uh, And that's J.R. Hildebrand, uh, Jeremy, just for the 500. Uh, But he has his supporters, and he'll be delighted to have put that deal together to get to Indy at least. Well, he will. You know, he and his dad have been, uh, you know, they've idolised AJ Foyt for many, many years, a lot longer for his dad, obviously. Uh, but uh, so this opportunity for JR is great. You know, he's driven the last several years with the uh, Dry and Reinbold team and yeah, always done fairly well, but uh, it, it's always been a limited programme. And for he and Charlie, you know, just doing the month of May, I mean, they're two super talented guys, both of these two. Uh, you know, JR Hildebrand was uh, a star coming up through the ranks. He won championships in USF 2000 and Indy Lights. Um, and, uh, you know, but for the, the that last corner, where ironically, of course, it was Charlie Kimball that got in the way uh, at Indianapolis uh, when he was running out of fuel and caused JR to hit the wall and not win that race nearly 10 years ago now, remarkably. Uh, but look, super talent. Um, but again, just coming in for just one-off races is, is really, really difficult these days, particularly with how competitive the series is. Um, but uh, as, as Shay says, you know, they have great information to draw from. They're both super uh, intelligent guys as well. So that, that will help in terms of you disseminating all the information. And you know, I think it's, it's a big year for AJ Foyt uh, and, his, and, and his team. You know, Larry and the boys, there, they've, they've worked super hard. Uh, they, they've got a, a, a good group of people around them now. And certainly with the, with the driving talent that is on board this season, uh, they should have, uh, they hope, a good year. Let's move on to Arrow McLaren SP as we're looking through the teams in the NTT IndyCar series with Sheer Adam and Jeremy Shaw. I'm John Hindoff, and we'll start with Patricio Orward. Simple question for him. What does he expect to achieve in 2021? Man, I think it's hard to put uh, expectations, uh, certain expectations down, but I think, you know, it's... It's nothing hidden. We we want to win races. We want to win races. We want to be consistently, you know, fighting for podiums. Um, and we we want to be there. We want to be contenders every 
every single race weekend. Um, I think in doing so, that'll put, put us in a position at the end of the year to fight for the championship. That is the goal. Um, I want to get to Long Beach uh, having a possibility to win the championship. And, you know, that's why we do this, man. We do this to win races, win championships. Uh, the team has been working really, really hard um, to just make everything that we had last year better. Um, me as a driver, I'm just trying to do everything I can to be better physically, mentally, uh, preparation-wise. Honestly, anything that I can do that will make my life and the team's life easier at the race weekend, I'm all for it. Pato Award, Jeremy. Um, for 2021, I suppose he's just got to build on, on, on what he's learned so far and, and continue to gain experience, but he's, he's, he's got to trouble the front of the field. Oh, no, he will do. No question about it. I mean, he's a super talent. Uh, and uh, you know, last year we saw uh, on a uh, at least fairly regular basis how good he is. Uh, the team obviously now has uh, having you know, the big uh, name change uh, last year uh, and a kind of cultural change as well. You know, they've, they've now got everything uh, learned, so to speak. I think it's a shame they're not going forward with the same driver line that they had last year, personally, because I think yeah. that would have helped. Uh, but still, yeah, Pano Award is, is super fast, super focused, really good kid. Uh, and I expect him to be a championship contender for sure. Juan Pablo Montoya is another month of May only driver, this time for McLaren, Aro McLaren SP. Needs no introduction from, from us, Shea. Wants to keep his hand in and his backside uh, in a car. You, you, you'd not bet against him um, in, at Indianapolis, would you? No, no, definitely not. And I, I find it kind of funny. Um, JPM and Elio Castroneves have been teammates, not not carb mates, but teammates at uh, Accurate Team Penske for the last four years. And Montoya has two wins at the Indy 500. Elio is three. So clearly Montoya is entering the race this year just to try and tie Elio to say, hey, buddy, you're not that special. <laughs> I can do it too. Um, no, it's, it's a great opportunity for Montoya to run with this team, though, in car number 86, which is a number that is so important for Honda as well. And when you look at his stats, five wins, 13 podiums and 52 starts, that's what the young kids are aiming for. That's more what the record books like to show. I I do think that uh, if he does win, he'll be he'll be up the he'll be doing the Spider Man um, just to just to get up Elio's nose. <laughs> Don't you think so? Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and let's not forget um, that uh, he would have been at Indy uh, several other times, uh, but his sports car employees, um, Honda, were not happy about him uh, going there. So a welcome return for JPM uh, to the Brickyard. Um, Felix Rosenquist, Jeremy mentioned the change in the driver lineup for the substantive for the full season for Aaron McLaren SP. And it's Felix, Rose, Felix Rosenquist who is the other full season driver for them. So, Felix, why move away from the championship winning team? Well, there's a lot of new things happening at the team, which is really exciting. But I think the team is also clever enough to not let it become a Formula One team, so to say. Uh, you know, it's, you, you can always copy things from F1, but it will never work in IndyCar because it's such a different platform. Uh, and there's many people that tried it before. You know, they hired Formula One engineers and think that they're going to blow everyone away, and it just never works. So uh, I think that that's why it's really good to have the knowledge from, you know, the people who's been 
at the team for a long time and in IndyCar, like Taylor leading the team, you know, he, he's the one who can judge that whole, you know, the balance between how much new stuff are we going to do and how much going to keep to the, to the basics and the roots. Um, what, what impressed me though, is there, there's a lot of, when it comes to the engineering side, there's, there's very high efficiency in the team, you know, whatever data comes in, that data will then be directed down to a million, millions of different things that will, you know, there's a lot of time saving, if that makes sense in the team. And, and it's very, I think, I think some of the, some of the partnerships with Arrow and, uh, and McLaren has made the team really efficient, efficient with the, on the engineering side. So that, that really impressed me actually, when I came here, that, that was on a very high level. Um, but yeah, again, there's, there's a lot of new stuff and everything kind of needs to settle. And, and I think last year it was just, you know, how we're going to do this. And this year things are falling a bit more into place. So definitely following the plan. There's no time though, to, to play himself in this year, Jeremy, with the new team, because of everything we've heard from the other drivers, the, there's a fine line between being a championship contender and being a solid midfielder. So, you know, Felix is going to have to get up to pace with that new Aaron McLaren SP team as quickly as possible. Yes. Uh, and uh, with, the, with the teammate he has alongside him, you know, that's going to be uh, it's going to be a tall order. I think we're going to find out this year really how good Felix Rosenquist yeah. is. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about, about that name now for, for a long, long time. You know, since when he was shining in Formula 3, well, you know, so six seven years ago now maybe more than that i can't remember wow. long yes. time ago anyhow um but and he hasn't yet really delivered uh, at the top level so this is his opportunity as, as he says there the resources they've got at Aaron mclaren sp is second to none i think in the indycar circuit which is saying something these days mm-hmm. um and uh so you know we, he, he th- there's, there's pressure on him for sure uh i mean i think last year oliver Askew as a rookie did an excellent job with that team so felix has got to do better than that to justify his position We'll move to Carlin now and to Max Chilton. Not sure who's going to be subbing for Max on the Orvals. He's doing the road courses and has spent the off-season working on his psychology. When you've been in motorsport, I've been in it for 20 years and I'm, I'm not the first and I won't be the last to say it. You become a little bit complacent thinking, oh, I know what I need to do. And you, you actually end up not doing what you need to do because you've done it so many times before but you look at these young kids that have just started off in the series and they're doing everything to try and improve. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it happens just in everyday life. As you get older, you become a little bit complacent. So it's just checking in with what you should be doing compared to what you have been doing um, and, and moving forward. And I think we're now talking more communication-wise between myself and my engineer um, and we're practising more, which hopefully that leads us in a better stead going into the season. I don't think it's talked about a lot. I, from what I've learned and speaking to people, most drivers on the grid have a sports psychologist. I don't know why it's not more open book. I've always been open book about it. Um, even when I was in F1, I, I remember doing a, we always on a Thursday did a press conference with five other drivers. And I mentioned that I did um, visualization. So when I was having like a massage before getting in the car, I would, my masseuse, who was also my uh, PT, would start a stopwatch and I would have to visualize a lap and then I'd say stop. And then he would look at the time and see how close we are. And I used to sometimes, not every time, regularly I was within the second, but sometimes I'd get it within the same tenth of the second that I'd then go out and qualify. And, you know, that stuff is, that's what it's all about. So, um, you know, preparation is, is everything. Um, but yeah, there's definitely other drivers on the grid using them for sure. 
um, and it's uh, it's it's just part of being an, an athlete. I I think those are very mature comments here from from Max Chilton, who's about to go into his fifth season in the NTT Indy Car Series. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a, a single car team. Um, we know Trevor and, and the rest of the guys do a very, very good job of of whatever they put out on track. But a single car team does have a, a slight disadvantage, and we don't know who's doing the ovals yet. But I like that attitude, and I like what he's saying there. That's that's positive for me from Max. Yeah, very much so. And and unfortunately for Max, never been on the podium in the NTT IndyCar Series. Sixty eight starts in the series, and his best finish came actually at the Indianapolis 500 in 2017 when he finished fourth. Uh, He ran a partial season last year. Only the nine races did not break into the top 10 for any of the finishes, but he's always good on the road courses. Think Road America, think Indianapolis. He's He's a very solid midfield competitor, and you almost forget that he has that F1 experience because it's been such a long Darth period for him. Uh, Jeremy, he he still, I think, uh, has his home in in the UK, and certainly up until relatively recently, the former F3 championship, F2 uh, race winner, was commuting backwards and, and forwards. Does that make life... In a, in a tough championship like the NTT IndyCar Series, does that make it even more difficult for Max? Well, I think it does in this day and age, certainly with the, with the COVID restrictions and the quarantines that That's you have point, to yes. uh, do in, in, some, in some instances. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it adds an, an extra degree of difficulty, I think. But uh, I loved his comments there. Just really, really good. Really, really uh, honest. Uh, and uh, you, could, you could just hear how focused he was on trying to get the best out of himself. That's super important. I mean, you know, he's... he's he comes from a privileged background, as does uh, Max, certainly. But uh, he's got his feet firmly on the ground. Really good guy. And uh, I really hope this team can step forward. I mean, you know, they haven't really uh, had... You know, the team would certainly benefit from having you know, two regular championship contenders in there. They haven't been able to, to put that program together just yet. But uh, they're still ticking along. They're getting good results. Yeah, fourth place in Indianapolis. You can't sneeze at that. No. Um, and you know, when 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 you're not focusing on full time on it, then uh, as competitive as it is to be running in the top ten or around the top ten is a really stout effort indeed. You're not to be taken lightly. So I give that team credit. And it's interesting also to me. I think that you know, Carlin this year also is is going to be running a couple of cars in the Indy Light series again, yeah. which is of course is where Max uh, cut his teeth in North America with that team in Indy Lights, uh, and I. I think that certainly bears well. I think you know, more of a commitment now to North America from that uh, Carlin team, Trevor Carlin his, his team there, which is you know, so accomplished in so many different open wheel series around the world. I'm glad you've mentioned Indy Lights. We're not doing a separate programme on that and, and we haven't got an awful lot of time to talk about it. I think I've seen 13 cars on the entry uh, for that this year, Jeremy, so far. But we've seen before in the Indy Light Series, actually, uh, even single digits provide fantastic racing because it's ultra, ultra competitive. How, how's Indy Lights looking for this year? Yeah, good, I think. Uh, the, the, it's, it took it, there's a hiatus in uh, 2020 because of the, of the pandemic, you know, the, the, for a variety of reasons, basically. But the, the series didn't run at all last season. So back now. Um, you know, there's a $1.3 million scholarship to move on into Oof. the IndyCar series for 2022. Uh, it'll guarantee the winner at least at least uh, three races 
in the 2021 NDT IndyCar series. And, you know, that's not to be sneezed at. Uh, 13, you know, not a big field, but it's better than the single digits they've had the last few years. And it is very competitive. There's, there's uh, you know, there's a half a dozen really, really talented drivers in there. So um, it's going to be a fun season to watch, I think, in Indy Lights. If I was asking Mr. Short to put his uh, neck on the block and say what names will we be we'll be looking at when we talk about uh, the Indy Light Series towards the end of the season? Who would you pick out at this stage with, without a wheel having been turned competitively, we should say? Yeah, in no particular order, Carl Kirkwood certainly mm. you know, has been an absolute stud in the, uh, <laughs> in the feeder series. He's won everything. Uh, you know, ridiculous amount of success. Actually, going for kind of three scholarship championships in a row. You know, he didn't race last year in a, in open wheel, um, but uh, in in 2018 he won the USF 2000. 2019 he won the Indy Pro 2000. So this year going for the hat trick with Andretti. So uh, he certainly is going to be a factor. Linus Lundqvist from Sweden. Uh, was uh, you know, no contest last year in the uh, in the former regional championship in North America. Uh, a British. British Formula 3 champion in the past as well. He's got a good pedigree. Uh, his teammate David Malukas is going to be fast. Toby Sowry, a youngster from the UK, not particularly well-known, Toby, but uh, he was really strong last uh, last time the Indy Lights ran a couple of years ago. Didn't race at all last season, so he's going to be a bit, rust- be a bit rusty, but he's certainly going to be uh, one to watch out for. And then, uh, yeah, Devlin D. Francesco, he's, he's huh? kind of bubbling underneath the surface. It's uh, going to be interesting to see what he does also in, a, in an Andretti Steinbrenner car. And then Alex Peroni, Australian, who's going to be driving for the Carlin team. Uh, again, another bit of a dark horse. Uh, we'll see how you know, he's had a couple of seasons in the in European Formula 3, mm. probably best known for that massive and horrific crash at Monza a couple of years ago. Yeah. But he came back strongly last year, had some podium finishes and, and a couple of fastest laps as well. So he has the speed and he has the knowledge that the Carlin team is bringing. So, yeah, I'm excited about the year in uh, in Indy Lights and the road to Indy in general, John. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, and Peroni, one of a, a huge uh, amount uh, of talent that's coming out of Australia and, and New Zealand and, and bubbling up into several different series uh, around the world. Uh, we'll talk about uh, another Antipodean superstar when we talk about Penske which is where we're going now in the NTT IndyCar series preview with Shadam, Jeremy Shaw and me John Hindhoff. Uh, start with Will Power and find out what's been happening at Team Penske over the winter. I feel like they've done a very good job of development um, you know you know, and as, as other teams would have as well but you know, we haven't been quickest in testing, but we've certainly tried a lot of stuff and had some development items. And I feel pretty good about the about definitely being better than where we were last year at Indianapolis. I think that's probably the most disappointing um, we've been since I've been at Penske. It's uh, you know it was a surprise to us. So certainly worked very hard on that. Um, and I feel like we'll be much better than we were last year. So, um, yeah, looking forward to really everything coming up. Uh, will Power then, share for 2021 in a what he hopes will be a resurgent Penske. What do you reckon? Well, remember how earlier we talked about how every driver wants to win a race and there's not enough races for every driver to win? <laughs> will Power is a big reason why a lot of different people won't win races because he tends to win a lot of them and hog them to himself. Last year, 
pretty dry year for Will Power. Uh, he should have won the race at Coda. Remember the season fin- the beginner where he was running super strongly, came into the pit lane and then had a failure in the gearbox when mm. he was leading. That was a heartbreaker. But he did get wins at Mid-Ohio and on the Indy Road Course. Well, we go to the Indy Road Course multiple times this season. He's going to be strong there. He's going to be strong everywhere. Will Power is a perennial threat to the championship. Uh, and uh, his teammate, Joseph Newgarten, well, there's another man, Jeremy, uh, who uh, is uh, used to taking victories. We'll find out what Jeremy thinks uh, about his chances for 2021 when we hear what Joseph thinks his aims are for the new season. Well, it's definitely the same. You know, it, it, it's a little boring, but it doesn't change. Uh, you know, we want to win an Indy 500. Um, for me specifically, that's, that's a big goal. I've not won that race. Obviously, as a team, we've had a lot of success there, so uh, they'd like to add to that. But for me, I'd like to to get my first, um, and then the championship as well. Yeah, we're we're looking for another one. I was kind of hoping we, well, obviously, I was hoping we were going to win our our third championship last year, and we could be working on the fourth. Um, but we're just going to have to, you know, go back to square one and try and try and knock the third off this season. Uh, Indy is uh, it's a really tough track. Um, not only because it's the most important race, but I think because it, it's all about very small details and those little details take a tremendous amount of time and effort uh, to move the needle. You know, it's just all these little things that add up at the end of the day when you show up uh, in the month of May. So it takes a tremendous amount of time to make large progress in Indianapolis, whereas in another track, you know, you may, you may find um, a small difference or a small change with something that you found that, that didn't take nearly as much energy or, or, or money or resources. Um, so I think you can, you can have these bigger magnitudes of shift at a, at a place like a street course or a road course compared to Indianapolis. Indianapolis really takes a ton of time, ton of resources to make those little incremental improvements forward. So that's why we, you know, that's why we emphasize trying to get that right. And I think for us, it was, it was, um, it was skewed last year in that, you know, Indy was, was probably one of our worst tracks. I mean, there's no doubt we, we didn't perform like we wanted to at the, at the 500 from a qualifying standpoint and a race standpoint. So I think that's why we've, we've heavily leaned to, to get that right in the off season, but we haven't left anything else behind. You know, we're still pushing forward on all the other fronts because we need to be strong across the season. Two championships, uh, as we know, 17, 19, um, I see a progression in 20, 21 Jeremy only four wins last year which actually ties his, his best uh, in in a season what does he have to do differently if anything uh, to win the championship he, he didn't seem to do much wrong last year and was was there or thereabouts pretty much all of the season yeah you know I mean you know, the Indianapolis was uh, was the big question mark for, for Team Penske and indeed for Chevrolet last season. I mean, generally, Chevrolet, is, that's the car to beat there. Well, Honda really pulled the wool uh, over everybody's eyes there last year and, and was super strong in Indianapolis. Uh, and that sort of, you know, kind of sets the tone for the season. OK, India last year was kind of halfway through. The, the schedule looked very different as a result of the uh, changes due to the pandemic. This year, Indy back to its sort of normal May date. Uh, and again, it'll set the tone for the season. And you know that Chevrolet is going to be working really, 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 really hard to make sure <laughs> How they are not blown away like they were last season by Honda. I think it took everybody by surprise. Uh, and that is going to be the focus for Chevrolet. The question, therefore, is are they going to be focusing so much on Indianapolis 
that uh, to the detriment of the, other, the performance of anywhere else. That point. will only come with time. That's a very good point. Uh, Joseph Newgarden has has served his apprenticeship, came up through the ladder system, Jeremy, and his maturity is is unquestionable. Now, I I, I think his driving is still improving. If I'm honest. I agree. Uh, yeah, he he is, and uh, and know, I didn't mean first... that as a bad thing, by the way. I, I I think he's. I think there's even more to come from him. He's possibly well, what be- I should have said. Yeah, because he works so hard. He he's one of those guys, and and you have to these days. You've got to have it. You've got to be 100 percent focused on the job at hand, which is improving yourself, improving the team. You know, pulling all the resources, making full full use of all the resources that each team has. Penske certainly has the resources. They have the talent. They have the, the gifted drivers. Everything, all the ingredients are there. So it's, it's down now to Joseph to, to pull it out again. And, you know, four wins in a season uh, is, is really good uh, in, in the NTT IndyCar Series because of how competitive it is and how many mm. cars are capable, cars and drivers, are capable of winning races. So, you know, uh, big I'm a big Joseph Newgarden fan. Uh, in and out of the car, and uh, he's certainly going to give it his his best shot again. Uh, a, a nice mix of experience uh, and youth in the four car Penske, or four driver Penske lineup. We'll talk about Simon Pagenaud in a moment. Uh, you get both in some respects with the next driver we're going to talk about. A rookie to NTT IndyCar Series, by no means an inexperienced driver, Scott McLaughlin, who has come over. Another driver who's come over from Tin Top Stock Car Star Racing, but this time from the uh, Repco Supercar Series in Australia. So what's the switch to IndyCar going to be like? Uh, look, it's um, obviously uh, last year it took a turn for everyone, but um, yeah, my plan was obviously to do the Indy Road Course and, and, and get somewhat of a warm-up, which ended up being my warm-up was uh, at, at St. Pete. Um, a week after my last race in the supercar, um, so it was—it's been a whirlwind adventure. But the last, you know, month or so, or you know, last three months I've been here or so, uh, it's been awesome to get acquainted with the team, get an understanding of IndyCar racing, um, visit the Holy Grail in in in, uh, in Indy at the Speedway there, and do my ROP, which was fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's all sort of coming together, and, and I've still got a hell of a lot to learn, but um, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, awesome to have PPG on board as a, as a primary sponsor for us for 10 races and, and hopefully more to come for the rest of the races too. Well, obviously, Cher, there's the Penske connection there with Scott McLaughlin. So he, he knows exactly what is expected of him from team <laughs> management, if nothing else. Yeah, and he already knows how to win championships for the captain. So Scott McLaughlin coming in with that ace up his sleeve. But do not underestimate this guy. It's amazing when you read the articles talking about the three rookies to the NTT IndyCar Series this year. You've got an F1 veteran, a NASCAR champion, and, of course, Scotty McLaughlin, the Supercars champion. I think Scotty is going to run away with the title as far as Rookie of the Year goes. I think he's going to finish in the top three of the championship overall. Ooh, he adapts bold. so quickly. Think about what we've seen from him at the Bathurst 12 hours over the year, though, John. This kid gets it, and he gets it quick. <sighs> That's bold. 
Very, very bold indeed. PPG, uh, the PPG Payne's car looks fantastic, as you might uh, imagine, although I, I suspect it's it's more wraps nowadays than actual paint. Uh, last and by no means least is Simon Paginot. So what's changed for the Frenchman since last year? Very interesting winter. Um, I've worked in more details than I've ever worked before, uh, which is great. And, you know, with more and more data technology, you can really dig deep um, and, and, you know, just just perfect your craft even better uh, than in the past. So, um, obviously, Tim Penske has been able to provide me all the information I needed uh, to get ready for the season. So, personally, I feel like I've, um, I've really worked really well. I feel very ready for the season and very excited. And like I said, I've been... I'm a grinder. I've been working hard and, and, and I'm ready to uh, ready for the challenge. Uh, obviously, number one priority for me is uh, the 500, uh, trying to get a second ring. And, uh, and obviously, like I did in 19, um, we got so close to winning the championship as well. Uh, well, we're going to try to do it uh, this year. But um, the, team, the team on their side, they've been working really hard, at, uh, gaining speed for the speedway mostly. That was number one as well for them. And, um, and lately, uh, there's been a huge push on the road course and street course. And I feel like uh, we're jetting really well as a, as a team with my teammates and, 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 uh, and everybody on the team. So it's a pretty exciting, pretty exciting time. It's uh, probably, you know, when we go testing, it's probably my favorite time of the year. Another extremely versatile driver does a bit of rallying. Um, he's done Pikes Peak, uh, Andros Trophy uh, on the ice in Andorra, and of course won in the LMS as well back in 2010. Jeremy, sixth season uh, with Team Penske for Simon Paginot. I mean, you look at all of their drivers, particularly the three established drivers, and it's hard to say if you were going to pick a number one driver out of them all, it would be hard to do. How Simon's chances for 2021? Um, uh, entirely up to him. It, it mm. wasn't it interesting to hear him say that pretty much a- echoing in the comments of several other drivers we've heard from, you know, how, how he has to focus on, on making use of all the resources. Mm. Uh, you know, he knows he's got everything there. It's been a disappointing year, a couple of years, I guess, for Simon. Um, and uh, he, he's really got to up his game. And, you know, it, it's, he told us there that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, he has the talent, no question about that. That's why he's employed by, by Roger Penske. So, uh, again, he, he's got to step up and deliver. A lot of pressure, I think, on, on Simon Pagano this season. be interested to see how he copes with it. Let's move on to Dale Coyne. And Shea was talking about the crop of rookies this year, which includes, of course, Roman Grosjean. Just great to see him back at a racetrack and ready to go racing again after how he ended off his uh, Formula One Formula One uh, career at the end of 2020 with Haas uh, in the desert of Bahrain. So what's the appeal of IndyCar to a driver who has been through the Formula One ringer? I think it's, it's a great series where you've got top drivers, top level, um, top races, you know, uh, and you get chance to pretty much have the same tools as your friends competitors you know in formula one is is wonderful it's great but i mean i'm putting money on the fact that lewis is going to be eight time world champion this year Uh, and that's not you know i mean 
I've, I've, I've really enjoyed my time there. Um, I, I've had a great career, but also I was, I was at the end of what I wanted to, to do there, you know, uh, fighting with Haas to be out of Q1 when everything was, was fantastic is something that I have had enough, not having development uh, and so on like the car, which is no real fun. While it's in IndyCar, I think, you know, everyone has got a, Everyone has got the same car and dampers you can you can work on and they they make a huge difference but you know um obviously if we compare the Ilcon racing uh, with RWR and Penske or Ganassi we have less resource but it doesn't mean that we cannot go, do a good job and, and try to set up the car to our liking and and go for it so I think mean, that's what really attracts people is that it's top series it's top cars it's top drivers and and the driver can actually make the difference. So that's Roman Grosjean, and he'll be doing the road and street circuit share. Uh, I mean, it is great to have him back, as I said in the intro for him. Is it going to be a successful season for him, or is this, uh, dare I use this horrible phrase, is this a learning year for Roman? <laughs> Uh, very, very, very much a learning year. And yes, it is a horrible phrase. But again, uh, alongside um, his fellow rookies, Jimmy Johnson and Scott McLaughlin, which is hilarious to put them all in the same sentence and say rookies. Um, it's a very different driving experience for Roman from what he's used to. No power steering, for one thing. He's been having to do a lot of different workouts in the gym. But he and his wife have um, bought a motorhome. They've been touring around the state of Florida, getting ready for the beginning of the season to kick off. It's a big difference from what Roman is used to, for sure. And I, I don't expect him to be doing regular podium visits, but I think he would make it there in at least one race this year. Uh, but it's just nice to see him smiling and uh, yeah. all of the, the pictures that we've seen from him and, and his wife as they've been touring around um, has been a very happy Roman uh, Gro- Roman Grosjean. Uh, so if he's not doing the ovals, who is? Well, the driver that jumped at the chance to get in that seat when Roman wasn't driving was Pietro Fittipaldi. Yeah, first, I'm very excited with the opportunity. And I want to thank uh, Dale Coyne, Rick Ware, uh, you know, for the trust. I'll be doing the ovals, racing, including the Indy 500, which is a, it's a dream come true after not being able to do it in 2018 to come back and, and have the chance to, to race in it. I'm very happy. And, uh, you know, the deal came through. I mean, I've been speaking to Dale, you know, for a while. As you know, I raced with him in 2018. Um, and I've always been in touch with Dale. And then he had told me Roman had signed for, you know, to do the road courses. And uh, he called me one day and was, you know, he's like, we're looking for someone to do the ovals. And uh, for sure, I said, uh, I'd love to do it. You know, I love IndyCar. I love oval racing as well. Uh, My first championship that I won was a late model championship at Hickory in a short track oval. Uh, That was in North Carolina. So, you know, to be racing on ovals in IndyCar, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm very, very pleased with it. So I'm happy. I think this is a great opportunity for Pietro Fittipaldi, uh, Jeremy. Um, he, he hasn't had all of uh, all of the breaks. He, he's he's had some uh, issues, uh, of course, after the leg injuries that he got at Spa, wasn't it, in the, in the sports cars um, back in twenty eighteen? Um, has he? I mean, has he earned this opportunity? Do you think? Um, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, as much as anybody else has, no question. Yeah, he's uh, 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, his brother's going to be racing over here as well, uh, Enzo, in the uh, in the Indy Pro 2000 Championship as well. So they'll be able to compare notes a little bit, probably. It'd be good to have the the, uh, the fraternal support there, I suppose. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough for, for him certainly just to be stepping in for the ovals. But the coin team... You know, as uh, we heard from Roma, they, they don't have the resources of, of the top teams, but they do have a huge amount of experience. They also have great uh, strategies that uh, Dale himself uh, always seems to come up with. So, um, yeah, I think you, you don't you don't count out that team at all. They they always punch above their weight and I'm sure will continue to do so. For for uh, for Pietro, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough for him, but uh, he's got the right sort of attitude for it. And uh, I'm sure he will give a good good account of himself. Also for Dale Coyne, the uh, third driver that we can talk about right now, and that there's a little footnote, after we've heard from Ed Jones, who's returning to IndyCar after a year away from racing. Yeah, it was a tough year. Well, it's a tough year for everyone, no matter what field they're in. So it's not something individual. But, um, you know, not being able to race um, was probably, you know, the first time in I don't know how long that I've been out of a season in whatever series it is. So it was always, you know, thinking about where to go, what to do next. And um, I really got the bug to come back for IndyCar. Not only was that year out maybe more hungrier, you know, to come back, but, you know, the way things were for me in 2019 didn't, um, I feel, reflect what I could do and, you know, probably frustrated me a lot more more than any anything else. So, um, you know, it was a combination of things which uh, meant that I really wanted to get back to IndyCar. I knew I needed to get back to IndyCar. And, um, you know, now I'm fortunate enough to be in this position. I've got to take advantage of it um, and make sure that, you know, perform to where we can. And with the, with the guys around me and the team around me, I'm really confident we can do that. So, John's back, Shea. What are his chances for 20? 20- 21 a man who's uh, had some success on the ladder in the past indy lights champion for carlin uh, in 2016 rookie of the year in the full series in 2017 where where's he going to end up do do we reckon he could sneak onto the podium particularly at the street races he's always been strong um, I, I hear his name constantly when we're at places like Belle Isle, of which we have two races there yep. this year. Long Beach, St. Pete, he's always good there. Uh, then you throw in Nashville and Toronto. It could wind up being a fairly successful season for Ed Jones, and particularly when you partner him in with the VS part of the Dale Coin racing with Vassar and Sullivan. That car could just upset a few drivers and stealing some trophies away. Uh, and I, I said that's the last of the coin drivers that we know share. There's the opportunity, we think, for a, another car at Indy. Uh, is that the 52 car? That is. And, and that car did run at the practice uh, open test two days that we had uh, about a week ago, I guess, so maybe a little bit more, uh, where Cody Ware was the driver of the 52. And this is Dale Coin Racing with Rick Ware Racing for that team name. Cody has driven multiple times under the Rick Ware Racing banner. He's raced over in the Asian Le Mans series and prototypes. He's run in IMSA. Um, I 
think he has run at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in a stock car before, but I can't remember for which mm. series. But again, very different experience. Uh, talk of that, Jeremy, makes me, before we, we move on to Maya Shank and the other teams we haven't talked about, uh, we have to mention the Indy 500. Of course we do. It's the, it's the big event. And it looks very much with the engine um, uh, contracts, supply contracts that have been signed relatively recently for some of them, that we will have um, around about 35 cars attempting to qualify. So we get a bump deer worthy of the name for 2021. And that, that will please some of us purists. It, it will. It won't please the, 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 the couple that don't get in, of course. The whole course but, <laughs> yeah, this is it, this, this, the sport is all about performance, and you, you've got to get that get that performance to get in the field. It's going to be uh, good to see that again. It's been uh, uh, you know quite a few years without any bumping at all. Then we had uh, you know a couple of instances a couple of years ago. Last year it was just the 33 cars. Understandable, I think, with the pandemic, and you know it's certainly good to see that we are going to have an oversubscribed field. And uh, you know, to qualifying is something the teams are going to have to focus on. It's going to be a really interesting month of May. Well, and if you're a full season entrant, as we've seen in the past, Jeremy, if you don't get into the big show, that with the the points that are on offer at the Indy 500, that does that's not just bad news for the Indy 500 and getting your sponsors in front of the biggest race in the year. That could actually throw a real curveball into your season season opportunities for challenge for a championship. Absolutely right. You know, this is not the Indy Racing League or the early days of the Indy Racing League where you had guaranteed slots for, for full-time entrance. No, mm. this is proper racing right now. And you, you know, we're going to go back to you back in the early 90s when uh, the, Penske didn't even qualify for the race. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's very likely this time around. But there's certainly, you know, we saw a couple of years ago, James Hinchcliffe didn't make it, uh, having been on the pole the year before. So, you know, you don't take anything for granted at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So let's move on to Maya Shank Racing and rather like uh, his good friend and uh, doughty competitor Tony Canan, Elio Castroneves has got a very busy year in NTT IndyCar Series, SRX, uh, already done the Daytona 24 hours and he says there are some mental adjustments that have to be made when switching between the different cars. Yeah, I, well, first of all, like I said, we had our first test in Lagoon and it was actually fun. But uh, the mainly things was to get myself uh, adapt again to the in the car. Uh, it was funny coming out of the course crew with the Acura. I was just tap on it and the traction control would do all the rest of the work. So first few laps and as soon as I went for my fast lap out there, <laughs> I kind of like, you know, uh, brain fade a little bit, went to the acro mode and went full throttle and the car was like sideways, like, oh, 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 I got it. Easy, boy, easy. So it was a very uh, interesting scenario. Uh, I enjoy work very much with mainly the guys have so much experience. Believe it or not, it's a new team, new guys, but it's like a pack of, uh, of knowledge from each guy, from mechanic standpoint and uh, um, uh, and the engineering side, it's actually from Andretti. So it was very cool to have Dave and uh, Mark, uh, uh, Brian with me, uh, first time working together. But it felt like we worked before. It would never work, but it felt like that. Um, we really understand each other. And I like that kind of situation that when you look, 
everyone's literally was introducing themselves. It's just going to, going to just like going to an office. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Where's my table? Where are you going? So it's like that. Um, but it was in a way that somebody knew exactly what needed to be done. So for me, having that kind of attitude, nobody's expecting uh, right away uh, like a scenario that we've got to do this way. Everybody's taking your time. Make sure everything is ready, special with the card, in the car. In fact, the car that I tested, it was actually Jack Harvey's uh, uh, spare car. So my car is still in the wind tunnel. So you can see the the team is doing everything they can. When you come to the Indy 500, this car is going to be top notch and the same level as uh, any other car out there. Uh, Indy 500, the new uh, Nashville Grand Prix, Indy Road uh, uh, Circuit, the August event at Portland Laguna and Long Beach, Jeremy, for, I mean, I've said Evergreen, I think at least once before in this programme, but Elio Castro Nevers still, much like TK, still has that desire, still has that belief in himself, and he, he could pop up there, even even for, for Maya Shank. Yeah, let's hope that optimism isn't, isn't misplaced. You know, it's been uh, four years since Elio was on the IndyCar grid on a on a full-time basis then and uh, you know it's going to be doing as you say just just five races but uh, or six races i guess but you know it's going to be a tall order for him but you know in some ways it's it's kind of back to his roots really castro davis because he started his racing career uh, on the west side of columbus in hilliard with the tasman motorsports group in in uh, in indy lights now he's moving to the east side of the town with Maya shank racing and Potaslo, which is just a few miles to uh, away from from where he all started, but uh, yeah, look, uh, it, it's going to be a, a tough road for Elio. Slightly odd d- decision, I think, for the team to pick uh, Elio as a second driver, but you know, his experience is is going to be uh, crucial, I guess. Uh, they hope, and we'll see how he goes. I hope he has a good season, that's for sure. Sure, his teammate is uh, straight talking Jack Harvey back for a a, a full season. Mike Shank, my Shank's uh, head man. Um, has this has been a, a real desire for him to to get into IndyCar? He's realised that ambition. Touring the water a couple of seasons ago, um, now got a sort of a car and a half for uh, the, the the full season. How's how's Jack Harvey going to do in twenty twenty one? Well, Mike Shank loves Jack Harvey. He has stayed loyal to this kid for so many years, and now they're back with another full season effort, but this time with a full calendar so you think about jack harvey running an indycar for four years now uh 29 starts is all he's accrued because of so many partial seasons but this is a guy who is so strong every time we run at the indy road course he's had a couple of wins ripped away from him he qualifies in the top six frequently he is the real deal they just need to get a little bit of luck on their side to try and string it all together Having Elio as a co-driver at some of these bigger races, that could help out with the two-car effort. That's a new experience for them. So I'm really interested to see what Meyershank Racing can pull out together. But I think Jack Harvey will be one of those people who comes in this year and is a first-time winner. I hope so, at the very least. Let's move on to another one of the big Honda teams. This is Rahal Letterman Lanigan and... They include, of course, the 2020 Indy 500 winner. That was the second win at the Brickyard for Takuma Sato. What's he most looking forward to in 2021? 
but hopefully uh, we have more fans engaging this year. We see more fans in, in anywhere basically we go, and we back in the, some of the uh, the track we missed last year, particularly for example like a Barber Motorsport. This starting the season will be very exciting. Particularly we left there with a very good memory back in 2019. So very exciting. I think expectation is naturally just a high, you know, people really excited and, and for our team and uh, for ourselves too, we have high expectation. Of course, we wanted to, to be more consistently uh, competitive for entire season, but specifically for Indy 500, of course. So I personally really look forward to, to, to back in Indy 500 as a, as a defending champion, of course, and uh, the team are preparing as good as last year, hopefully, and we can compete in, in very, very uh, high level. I, I, I just simply appreciate all the support I'm getting and, and um, you know, the regardless um, in the States or in Japan. But of course, it's, uh, it's more, more people recognized. Uh, the thing, especially after 17, uh, is such a big uh, win for, for, for Japan too. So that's, uh, I think it, the people has been a motor racing fan, of course, they following a uh, big time, but the people who basically never heard about motor racing, even now, they know what it's about. And that is always a, it's a good thing. And it's always exciting. So when I was finally able to, to, to back to Japan off season after the season finished, I had literally just a minute my minute and an entire winter, which is completely packed schedule because it was so busy, good busy. And uh, I feel so much support from there too. So yeah, um, one time is just an amazing um, experience, but but two times now, just uh, just incredible. So I'm I'm very thankful to the uh, the people who support supporting all the time. It's no wonder that people like Takuma Sato. Just listening to him talking, there. Um, back with uh, Rear Hulletum and Lanigan for 2021. This is uh, third season with the team. Race from first of all, of course. We're back in uh, in 2012. Uh, Spanish uh, Spanish Japanese sports are on the the rise, particularly in the US. Uh, particularly with big events, Jeremy. Uh, does Takuma? I mean, he's he's been the big, big event winner a couple of times at Indy. Does he need to work on his full season performance? Well, absolutely right. You know, last year was it was uh, if if not for one race, uh, it was dismal, quite frankly. Yes. Uh, but that one race, of course, makes your whole year. You know, yeah, makes your whole makes your whole career. Um, if he uh, finished seventh in the points last season, uh, but uh, on the road courses. Uh, if he'd, uh, he 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 scored 16th most points on the road courses, 16th. Um, so it was really you know, if you take away the Indianapolis uh, result, then you know, he would be way outside the top 10 in points. That's not where Takuma Sato or uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan expects to be. So yeah, he has got to up his game considerably, um, and uh, he, he, he's uh, certainly thankful that he won that race as he should be. Uh, but he's really got to step it up now. And uh, uh, th- this year, I think it's going to be a big one for him because he can't rely on just winning the Indy 500, I don't think, to keep his career going. Or no. perhaps he can. Actually, well... he probably can, in yeah, fact. <laughs> but, um, but so, you know, I think you know, for, for him, he, he said that he, he, he has to be uh, more competitive on a more regular basis. The only times he qualified in the top 10 were on the ovals last season. So it's particularly the road courses he needs to work on. Yeah, I... I... Talking to the team, they absolutely love him. They absolutely love him, really? and and th- yeah, they they. Um, I I know Piers Phillips, who's who's at RLL, and the the team 
think he's great. He's a great personality and he works really hard with the team. And I think you hear hear there he's passionate for for what he's doing. First went to a motor race, I think, uh, at Suzuka when he was 10. So that's back in 87 now. So he's been around the sport a very, very long time. Um, Let's uh, move on to another um, uh, oval specialist well uh sorry uh he, i was going to say we'll move on to another yeah we'll do we'll do that first we'll do santi ferrucci first because he has to be an awful specialist this year share because he's doing the indy 500 only uh for santino ferrucci um he'll be disappointed not to have been able to put a program together but as jeremy said the you know there's a possibility of making your own series on one race yeah, and, and he's been vocal this year. He's shifted his attention over to the NASCAR Xfinity Championship. He's been running over there uh, four or five races under his belt now, and I don't think he's broken into the top ten yet, so he is still trying to figure out the ovals in a stock car perspective. But my hat comes off to Pierce Phillips because by getting Santino, they now have the first, third, and fourth place finishing drivers on their team from last year's Indianapolis 500. <laughs> you can't really come in with a stronger lineup unless you bring Scott Dixon, who finished second. So clearly they are weighing their odds well and thinking, hey, if we're going to make a season off of one race, if we're going to continue to build off of this, we need to put everything in our favor. And Santi, love him or hate him, he's good on ovals. Yeah, okay. Um the second full season driver then for RLL is Graham Rahal. Believe it or not, and for those of us who followed Graham's careers, and I still kind of think of them a bit like Mark, I do. I think of them as, as, as the new kids on the block. Of course, they aren't. It's been 15 years since Graham Rahal made his debut in the championship. So how have things changed in those 15 years? You know, it's come a long way, man. I, you know, I remember my first year in 07 in Champ Car. If, I told this story last year, but if you were outside the top five in a Newman Haas car, you, you know, you, you, you were probably pretty ticked off. And, um, you know, you look at where it is today and just how deep the field is. And it's, uh, it's impressive. I mean, this is, uh, you know, maybe everybody wants to say the golden era of IndyCar racing was you know, in the early nineties and, or in the, in, in champ car, you know, may have been the late nineties, early two thousands, but I got to be honest. I mean, from a talent pool perspective, the golden era is right now we're living the golden era. It's never been better. And I'm not sure it will get better. Um, you know, it is deep, uh, across the board and it's definitely cool because, you know, you're also gauging yourself against the rest and for sure, there's going to be times that guys go out there and they're going to perform great. And we're going to be like, Oh Yeah you know, they're awesome. And then, you know, next weekend, like us in gateway, you may just completely suck. And, and it shouldn't be a surprise because there's, you cannot miss a step, you know, the depth, it, it, every single driver in this, in this series can win. That's factual. And uh, that can't, uh, couldn't have been said, you know, 20 years ago, let alone five years ago. I think it's just a very pure form of motorsports right now. My opinion is it's a very pure form. And what I mean by that no driver aids, uh, you know, the, the, the physicality of it is at the prime, you know, for Jimmy, obviously he grew up, he's been, he hasn't been shy about saying it, you know, his dream was to be an Indy car driver. And, you know, now he's got the opportunity to be able to fulfill that dream, you know, for Scotty, I mean, Scotty's done all he can do, you know, okay. He could go win 20 V8 supercar championships, but at the end of the day, you know, he's ready for the next challenge for Grosjean. I mean, 
you know, what's he going to, what else is he going to do in F1? I mean, unless he's in a Mercedes, he's not going to win. So, you know, where do you go? What are you going to do? You know, might as well look across the pond, you know, and have a great opportunity where here he can compete here. He is going to have the opportunity to win no matter what team he's with, you know, so these guys, I think the, the purity of IndyCar racing is what's attracting so many people to the sport right now. Uh, and I, I think that that's only going to get better. Um, you know, there's some great races on the, on the calendar this year. You look at Nashville, Nashville's a, if there's ever an opportunity for a street race to be a home run, that's it. And, um, you know, I think even to see Dale get involved in the ownership uh, role, Justin Timberlake, guys like that, they can help Nashville explode even more and just put it on, you know, more of an international, uh, you know, viewing platform. So I think there's, there's, you know, a great opportunity ahead. Graham Rahal, or as I once heard him described by a French commentator when I was down, I think I was at Ricard uh, and, and watching an IndyCar race. Gramral, Gramral is how, I, I've got to tell you, uh, Jeremy, he's making his 200th start in, in the championship at, at Barber and nail head hit rearrange in terms of, of why the championship is attracting the people that it's attracting? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's, he's, he's super intelligent. He's, uh, he's great. Just like his dad, you know, really thinks about everything, uh, says what he thinks as well. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those guys who's perhaps not, not the most popular drivers out there for, for, for some reason, because uh, perhaps because of that, because he does tend to speak his mind mm. and it just he, he has rubbed people up the wrong way uh, from from time to time. But look, it was a good year for him last year, finishing the top six in the championship. Yeah. You know, you've got to say that's that's a, a good a good season. He was certainly a lot more competitive, a lot more consistently than his teammate Takuma Sato, who finished right behind him in the points table. Uh, but uh, Graham was had a lot better year all the way around, I think, than than Takuma Sato, with of course that one notable exception. Um, but you know, the team is super ambitious. They, they, they don't want to be just getting one win per season. They want to be running at the front on a regular basis, challenging for championships. Graham Rahal has the talent uh, that I think uh, you know, they've got uh, a good regime there now at, uh, at uh, Team RLL. And it's up to him now to, to perform and, and to, re- to really step up to the plate and, and be the Graham Rahal he knows he can be. Yeah, he's in his thirties now. He's married. He's a family man. Has that, do you think, matured him in his driving? Because I did think he approached his driving in the last couple of seasons, possibly a little bit better. I mean, he's only had what five, six races in uh, six race wins in the championship, and five of those have been spread across the the last five seasons. Yeah, you know he should be winning more. No, no question about it. I think you know he's it's difficult for Graham. He's a big guy. You know he's he's Tall. taller than most. Mm. It's not easy to Good be point. a tall driver in an Indy car in any sort of racing car these days because you know you, by definition you weigh a little bit more. And um, and is that yes, better or worse now with the aero screen? I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, I don't know honestly. I think probably better actually. Yeah, I was just uh, thinking but, that when but, you mentioned it. But, yeah. yeah, but no, it's going to be interesting to see how he does this season. I think yeah, there's a lot of optimism at Ray Hall and Lanigan Racing, and I think uh, that optimism we hope is well placed. Uh, just a couple of teams left to go. Let's jump to Ed Carpenter Racing and the man with his name over the door is doing just the ovals for 2021. I'm optimistic. Last year was a was a challenging year for me personally. We, we started off strong at Texas and then from there just 
could never really get it going or, or, or stay in a rhythm. Um, you know, as the year went on, I think we, we got stronger as a team. But very confident with, with the offseason we've had. The, the guys have done a great job. Thus far, testing's gone well. You know, I feel like our preparation's well. Um, feel like we're, we're stronger within the team. So excited to get back on track and <clears throat> put 2020 behind us for a lot of reasons. Ed Carpenter just doing the Orville's share. Um, he's clearly, he's specialised in, in what he feels is his specialist subject, if you will. Yeah, well, three wins in the series and 188 starts, and all three of those wins came on ovals. He's got four pole positions, including at the Indianapolis 500. So he's very good around the ovals. He knows where his uh, predominance comes, and he has figured out as a team owner and a savvy businessman, hey, if I'm going to make some money, try to give my team a little bit better publicity, I should stick to what I'm good at and bring somebody else in who might be a little bit better than me on the road courses and they've done just that at carpenter racing though he's done every single indy 500 since 2004 that wow. streak continuing on this year that is super impressive uh joining ed uh, in the ed carpenter racing team connor dearly so how's his preseason testing gone honestly i think everything's looking great uh, we we knew where we had to uh, improve, I think, from last year with uh, with our group. Um, and so far, after our first two test days, I think I, we have been uh, quite a lot more uh, competitive, which has been nice. Uh, the car has, has definitely felt better for me. Um, the operating window where my driving style uh, works, I think, is smaller, but we're, we're, I, I'm broadening that out a little bit. And, uh, and, and it's definitely, it definitely feels better. So I, I'm proud of the team for the work that we've done over the off season, um, put a lot of effort in. So, um, so it's going to be nice to get out on the racetrack and, uh, you know, when everyone is finally together, it's weird not having like an open test, like a Coda we did last year. Um, cause that's kind of like the first taste of where everyone's at, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Barbara's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And it's, it's going to be a tough place physically to start for sure. But Jeremy, uh, he raced for the same team uh, last year on the road and, and street courses. Um, I, I always feel that, that Connor's not had some of the opportunities that perhaps he, he should have done. Um, can he turn that around a little bit in, in 2021? Will he get enough opportunity to get the results to, to really put him in the limelight? Yeah, I mean, you know, last year was difficult to switch it between two different teams. Um, he did a full season, but with two different teams, yes. with Carlin and with Carpenter. So it's going to be good for him, I think, just to have the stability there with, with, the, with the one team just concentrating with Ed Carpenter's team. He's got a great relationship there. The car looks sensational. Uh, and you know, he's done really, as you said, he's done really well in the, in the preseason tests. It's a shame he's not doing the full campaign. Uh, because he's he's certainly very very good on the ovals as well. But uh, you know, it's it's again, it's a big year for for, for Connor. I'm delighted he's got this opportunity. Yeah, I think too. he's worked really really hard for it, uh, and you know he's going to give it his best shot. Another uh, roads, another road to Indy graduate, and as Jeremy says, the USAF, uh, the United States Air Force car, the number twenty, looks absolutely stunning. So somewhat ironic then that a driver whose car is sponsored by the uh, the uh, by any part of the military so much of the uh, pre-season chat has been about something else entirely and the hair connor well 
I feel pretty good about it, honestly. <laughs> After seeing it come out of the uh, out of the fryer this morning, or whatever they whatever they do to hair, uh, it was uh, it was it was pretty cool. So I don't know. We're just gonna let it live a little bit. I'm not sure when what the timeline looks like, uh, but uh, I feel pretty strong about it now. Joseph Newgarden even said to me this morning. He said, "Wow, you look good." And as a man who had to grow up going up against Joseph Newgarden. Uh, not only in the driving category, but also the looks category, because that guy is, you know, just a finely tuned specimen. He just looks like a Greek god. It's um, it's 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 impressive to hear that from him. So I feel pretty good about it. Bit of fun about the. Um, it's got to be. It's a mullet. It is a proper seventies, eighties mullet that Connor Daly. Look it up if you haven't haven't seen it. Uh, let's move to Renus VK, who was last year's rookie of. Uh, the year hasn't a great start to this season. We'll talk about that in a moment when we find out what he thinks that uh, inaugural season for him in US racing taught him. Well, I found out that finishing a race is quite important. So uh, I will always race as hard as I can, as fair as I can. But uh, definitely don't take any risk, any unnecessary risks. So. Um, you know, beginning of the season, I was just very aggressive. Um, came away with it a few times, but also in Texas, it was just it was just too much. Um, but I definitely learned a lot from those from those races, and yeah, it made me a complete driver. And I think uh, now, yeah, I'll have to make sure uh, I keep keep it all going and um, yeah, finish as well as possible every race. Of course, I only had road to Indy experience. Uh, before my rookie season started, but now I have, uh, I think it's 14 IndyCar races under my belt. So, um, yeah, it's something I'm very, very happy with. And I can really, I could already see last season that throughout the season I made so, so much progress. And, um, yeah, I think we, we had a very steep learning curve last year. And my job is to make sure that steep learning curve keeps staying as steep as it is now. Uh, throughout the throughout the season. Well, that was a steep learning curve. He he did, in fairness, Jeremy, seem to learn from his mistakes very quickly. Uh, uh, a quick study, as the Americans would say, in his first, I misspoke there, I said first season in US racing, first season in the NTT IndyCar series, because he had, of course, come up through, through the ladder. But at, at the first test... He ended up with a, a nasty-looking incident in the wall. He actually uh, walked away from it, but broke a finger, and therefore didn't get an, an awful lot of, of track time there. Is that going to put him slightly on the back foot in the early part of the season? Well, perhaps it's a good omen, because last year started dismally as well with a, with a crash in, <laughs> a in, in uh, practice at Texas. Yes, it did. Um, so, you know, um, <laughs> uh, yes, it was disappointing for him to hit the wall. He, he, he uh, But he had a great run in Indianapolis last season. He really came on strong as the season progresses. He said there, you know, he, it was a steep learning curve. I think he probably un- underestimated how difficult it was going to be last season. But now he's much better prepared going into the new campaign. And, yeah, big disappointment for him to, to get, have that crash at, uh, at the Speedway in that, in that open test. But I don't think it's re- relevant. You know, he's, he's young enough to put that behind him focus forward uh, and uh, concentrate on the job at hand, which is getting Ed Carpenter racing uh, along and working with Connor Daly to making that team a proper front-running team yes. rather than just uh, on occasion here and there. Is he good enough to do that, Jeremy? Have we seen enough yeah. of him to even 
make make that decision? Yes, he is. No question about it. Uh, I, I would have preferred to see him take a little bit longer to to come up the up the racing ladder, but he was super competitive every level. Uh, he just did. You know, he, he he zoomed up through the ladder. I mean, from karting to IndyCar in four years, which is pretty remarkable. Only wow. really possible to, through to something like the like the road to Indy, uh, which does. Um, you know, just provide opportunities along the way. He, he, had, he had sponsorship along the way as well. Yeah, Flitz van Ert, talent, yeah, no from Jumbo, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. But he has the talent, no question about it. He finished second in USF 2000 to Oliver Askew and in Indy Lights two years later. He won the Indy Pro 2000 Championship impressively in the middle uh, and was Rookie of the Year, deservedly so, last year in the IndyCar. So mm. uh, he, he is a talent. And uh, we're going to see some big things, I think, this year from Renus VK. Sometimes the sophomore year, a little bit more difficult, but we'll see how uh, Renus gets on. Smashing lad as well, actually. Let's finish up with an Indy 500 only entry before I ask Jeremy and Shea, um for their picks for the season. This is Peretta Autosport, Shea. A fantastic, uh, a fantastic opportunity for Beth Peretta, who's put this together. Um, Simona de Silvestre will be uh, at the Indy 500 if she qualifies and if the team qualify, because as we've said, there will be a bump day this year. But a great initiative here uh, from, from Beth and the rest of the team. Very, very much so. And a partnership, most importantly, with Team Penske. So I would be floored if this is one of the teams that does not make it into the Indy 500 this year. Simona, who has experience running not only in the series, but at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, her best finish came uh, in 2010, where she finished 14th. She's run in the series for five years, uh, 69 races total. She has made it to the podium before. So this is going to be a fantastic opportunity. She's got an infectious smile, and she's somebody that we've enjoyed having an IMSA here and there for the past couple of seasons. It's great to see her back in the open wheel series, to see her back in an Indy car. And I honestly can't wait to see what they can do at the Indy 500. It's it's a great effort to put together and just a phenomenal group of human beings. Uh, Simona de Silvestro, Jeremy, um, living or coming from Switzerland, although she has raced, I think, in her early years under the, the Italian the Italian flag. I met her many, many years ago back over in Europe and was really taken by her single-mindedness. I think she's a better driver than, than most people give her credit for. Extremely versatile, has done, a bit like Simon Paginot in his, in his early career, has done bits and bobs of, of, of things here and there and has, has never really let herself down. I think it's great to see her back in IndyCar. Oh, quite... Yeah, she's done a lot better than that. She was, you know, when she first came over to the United States to run in the Atlantic Championship, as it was then, she was really, really competitive. Uh, she's a great, great, great person, super personality, as Shay was saying, and wonderful to see her back. You know, she, she for, for whatever reason, um, I, I haven't been close enough to this, the supercar series in, in Australia to find out why it was so disappointing for her for the last few years because she's a lot better than she showed down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the test at Indianapolis a week or so ago, uh, the car was competitive there. Um, and uh, it, it's super to see Beth Pereira back in the sport uh, on a uh, with, the, with running this operation uh, and ditto Simona. And you know, I hope that they can make that into... Uh, a program that does more 
than just the Indy 500 moving forward. Yeah, there's a good opportunity there for everybody concerned. All right, then, the talking has to stop now and the predicting really has to start. And as we've just finished off with Peretta Autosport and Simona de Silvestre for uh, an Indy 500 at the moment only uh, appearance, the first thing I'm going to ask Shane Jeremy is who do we think wins the Indy 500 this year? Shane, it, it's there's always plenty of people in with a ch- chance. We've not seen anybody um, running competitively, although we have had the test there. Um, what do you reckon for the Indy 500 this year? Oh, this one is hard. Um, my my heart wants to say Simona. I want to say that Coretta Autosport <laughs> really? come through and that the underdogs take victory. My head is saying it's going to be a Penske car. Um, I'm going to go with Joseph. I'm going to give it to Joseph. He finally gets the dream done. Ah, because he hasn't done it yet, as we heard him say it. Well, we've, we had the National Velvet fairy tale at the... Uh, at the Grand National uh, in the UK, the big steeplechase race uh, this year. Jeremy Shaw, Indy, Indy 500. Usual suspects, uh, a surprise, or is it just too close to call this year? There's no way I'm going to make a call on that uh, because it is just too early to say. Your last year, it, it's a lottery, is Indianapolis. Yes. It comes down to so many different factors. Um, there's no way I'm going to pick a winner. Anybody can win it. They're capable of winning it. Last year, everybody expected the Chevrolets to be up the front. They weren't. It was mm. all Honda. Uh, so it's all going to, it's going to come down to that. Who has the better mousetrap this season, uh, Honda or, or Chevrolet? Three big rookies of the year this year, Jeremy. Uh, three big rookies of the year candidates. Who adapts quickest? Who gets the points between the three big names for rookie of the year? It's a tough call again, isn't it? No, no, it's got to be out of those three. You've got to say Scotty McLaughlin, I think, because uh, I think uh, you know, Roman. Well, Roman's not even doing the full championship, so he you know, that's going to pretty much take him out of that. Uh, and it's such a steep learning curve for Jimmy Johnson, um, who also isn't doing the full season. So yeah, no, Scotty McLaughlin's got to win the Rookie of the Year, no question. Share, you agree with that? Yeah, and and as I said before, I think Scotty's going to finish in the top three of uh, the overall championship. And I think he's going to be ahead of Power and Pagano. Oof. Oof. All right. Uh, pick for the championship. She said that she might not have her traditional Scott Dixon pick right from the start of the year. Although I dare say nobody will be writing the New Zealander out. She, championship win. Uh, well, I think Scotty will be third. I think Dixon will be second. And I think Jojo will be first because he's won it in seventeen nineteen, And you know how I like patterns. You do like your uh, arithmetical progressions. So Scott McLaughlin, Scott Dixon and uh, Joseph Newgarden then in the top three. Jeremy Shaw, it's a long season. It's a varied season. Um, I can't see anybody dominating. What do you reckon? Again, is it possible to pick a winner? No, not really, which is great, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, yes. Say, we've got you know, three more races than last year. Uh, so, as you say, a full season again. That's great news. Uh, it is wide open. I think um, you know, Dixon and uh, Newgarden have to be among the favourites. But look, uh, I think Palo Award is going to be knocking on the door as well. Um, and uh, and who from the Andretti Autosport camp? That's going to be interesting to see You know, if, uh, if Alexander Rossi can deliver... 
uh, as he should be able to, as he showed in the past, and he should be up, up the front sharp end as well. And for real dark horses, Reedus VK, you know, is he is a talent, no question about it, that young guy. Uh, if he can somehow pull everything together, I wouldn't count him out either. Really? For the whole championship? For the top, for top five. Right, so good each way bet to, to continue yeah. with the horse racing yeah. uh, analogy. Yeah, certainly dark horse for that. Yeah. But uh, he has the capabilities and the team, you know, they've been working really hard to get the engineering uh, to to uh, to the level it needs to be to re- be running at the front on a regular basis. I'm not be ma- kind of fun. I, I'm not making any predictions. I never do uh, because I'm normally ho- hopeless at it or I curse whoever uh, I've I've spoken about so people ask me not to tip them Uh, in fact I've been offered money sometimes not to to tip people one thing I will say I think more than ever before and I know this is really almost always the case but points at the start of the year this year I think are going to be even more important than ever with so many things going on towards the back end of the season and how close this championship will be Uh, I think having bad days at the start of the championship uh, season is going to be really tough. Jeremy Shea, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we'll be talking about the NCT IndyCar Championship 2021 all through the season as uh, we have Jeremy and Shea with us on RS1 on Wednesdays on Midweek Motorsport and we'll check in with the progress of all of the runners and riders to keep that horse racing analogy going. Thanks to them for their time, to you for listening. And enjoy the NTT IndyCar Season 2021. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.